back on One True Podcast. Alongside me, as always, is my good friend, John Warner. Johnny, good to see you. Hey, Bryce. Good to see you. <laughs> yes, yes. We uh, Good to see all those rockets and uh, what else you got there? Uh, Captains, yeah, there's, Astros. Yeah, there's a Craig Biggio thing over here. Okay. Uh, that was from his 3,000th hit. So, yeah. yeah. Cowboy hat. That's a like a, oh oh like, like a okay. fedora or whatever. Okay, gotcha. You might wear it at track meet or something. Uh, so Johnny, obviously, uh, after a two and zero start against some of the uh, in-state schools, Baylor opens up Big Twelve play this week at Kansas. Um, the Jayhawks, stop me if you've heard this before. They are hitting the uh, reset button. Uh, they have Lance Leopold, formerly of Buffalo, as their new head coach. Kansas always seems to be in this perpetual uh, rebuilding mode, at least at, over the last you know decade or, or decade plus in the Big 12. Is there any reason – for you to believe that Leopold will succeed where, uh, let's see, Turner Gill, Charlie Weiss, David Beatty, Les Miles, where those guys uh, failed. I got to say the track record is not favorable for him. Sure. Um, but, you know, he really did a good job of that Buffalo program. They uh, they made bowls the last three years. Uh, you know, I think he was ready for a major college job, but his – is Kansas a major college job? I think you could ask. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, they're like way below everybody else in the Big 12. You know, I see it as Oklahoma and Iowa State, and then it's pretty much everybody else, and then it's Kansas. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a rough job. It's, it's always been a rough job. Um, somehow Mangino got it done in 2007 and went to the Orange Bowl, which is a, a feat in itself. But since then, they've pretty much been the bottom feeder every year. Uh, you know, that used to be Baylor's role. Um, <laughs> so they kind of, you know, kind of took their place. Yeah. Um, but, gosh, I, I'm just going to say it's a really tough job. And uh, even when realignment comes, I think it's still going to be really tough. Yeah, you mentioned Mangino, and then, of course, you know, back when they had uh, – was it Glenn Mason that was the coach there? Yeah. They had some decent teams in that era. era. Um, you know, I wonder what they did that where these other guys have not been able to rep- replicate that. I don't know. I'd have to do a thorough history, <laughs> you know, look back at it. Um you know what Bill Snyder did at K-State? He always did a lot with JUCO transfers. And, boy, you kind of wonder if that's the route they ought to go. I just don't think there's like a real fertile hotbed of recruiting around there. And uh, But, you know, Bill Snyder managed to build it, you know, with these a lot of JC guys. Uh, you kind of wonder if that might be the answer for them. Uh, or you could do it with transfers. I mean – as we know, the transfer market is about as active as it's ever been. So maybe they, instead of just like recruiting high school guys, they had to just recruit transfers. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Maybe that's the way. Well, 
obviously the uh, shining jewel of the Kansas athletic program is that men's basketball program uh, helmed by Bill Self. Um, so you've witnessed games both in Allen Fieldhouse. You've witnessed games in uh, – Memorial Stadium, probably uh, half full, I don't know, quarter full. <laughs> um, what, just how different are those game day atmospheres? <laughs> and have you ever seen a, a KU football game that kind of matched the intensity of, of a basketball game? I'm not sure if I've seen a KU football game that's matched the 16,000 fans that they cram into oh, Allen Fieldhouse. Ouch. I remember going there once a few years ago. They had just done their midnight madness, you know, and uh, of course the place was full and it wasn't even a real game. Next day, uh, football. I, I wonder if they had 10,000 there. Mm. Now, you know, the midnight madness might have had an effect on it. It was an early game, but, uh, you know, you've got like one of the best basketball atmospheres in the country over at Allen Fieldhouse. And then in football, you got one of the worst major college at football atmospheres I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I mean, winning would obviously help, but I, I think it would take a, a lot of winning. I mean, winning over years and years, you know, to get fans there on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, they're one of the blue bloods in basketball. Mm -hmm. And and so uh, that's that's the flagship program at Kansas. And until, you know, they start winning and, and winning at a at a bigger level, at an orange bowl type level like Mangino did, I feel like, you know, it's not it's not gonna come close to mm -hmm. uh, to the basketball atmosphere. Right. Sorry, I've got to deal with a dog here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's move on in the Big 12. Um, there's been a, a hefty amount of quarterback turnover um, here in the Big 12, you know, early in the season. We've seen it at Texas and other places. Uh, meanwhile, six defenses in the Big 12, it's early, but uh, mm -hmm. are – are allowing fewer than 300 yards per game. So is it possible that we've seen a culture shift in this conference where it's become more of a defensive league? You know, I think that's been coming the last few years. Uh, you know, in the past, the reputation of the Big 12 is, you know, everybody plays great offense, nobody plays defense. Lately, there's been some pretty good defenses on the field. Baylor two years ago was one of those. They had an excellent defense. Um, you know, Oklahoma's been getting better on defense. Iowa State, they had a great defense last year. So I think you're seeing more of it. I think maybe they're starting to figure out offenses a little bit. It's mm. still very hard to defend with those fast-tempo offenses, and it, and it always will be. But I think they're fi finding guys to match up with those and maybe just coming up with some schemes to, uh, to kind of combat that. But, yeah, I think, you know, I think you're seeing more defense in the league. Yeah, I would say that I would, I'd, I'd stop short of calling it a defensive league. Right. But, but yeah, uh, because, honestly, 
you know, the SEC sort of had that uh, label for a while. And, and the fact is you would watch their games sometimes in that conference. We're talking maybe a few years ago. I feel like the SEC has actually improved a lot offensively, but uh, you know, there were a few years ago, I remember LSU Alabama playing and it was a dud. I mean, it was just a really <laughs> ugly slug fest kind of defensive game. And I think what you're seeing in the big 12 is more balance, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is what you want. I mean, you want a, a balanced game, uh, you know, maybe not 65, 58, you know, remember that Baylor West Virginia game or whatever it was last one to touch the balls, you know, wins. Yeah. Uh, but something that, you know, has both units making plays and, and everything. I think I think you're seeing a, a trend toward that. I agree with you. And and like you said, I feel like this is this is not new to this year. I feel like it's it's kind of been coming. I mean, um, you know, those Matt Rule Baylor teams certainly uh, could play a little defense. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that got Baylor in the Sugar Bowl was that defense that year. Yeah, especially that defensive line. That was – really one of the better ones Baylor's ever had. And uh, James Lynch was just incredible that year. And, uh, yeah, I think you're right. We're seeing more balance. So uh, a couple of old Big Eight rivals. Remember the Big Eight? You do remember it. Well, now, you know, in my old age, sometimes I still call the Big 12 the SWC. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I do remember the Big 8. Yeah, so a couple of uh, old Big 8 rivals, Oklahoma and Nebraska, will uh, meet on Saturday. It's the 50th anniversary this season is of uh, their epic 1971 clash that was dubbed the Game of the Century. Um. However, 50 years later, is this still a, uh, you know, quote unquote, air quotes, big game? Um, Can it pull the eyeballs of the nation or is it more fun from a nostalgia sense? I think it's more nostalgia. In fact, I would uh, I'd like to see them both come out in a wishbone. You know, I think that had a lot of fun. (laughs) That'd be fun. That'd be fun. (laughs) Can we get a little... uh, Switzer and Snyder appearance at this game. I bet we do have that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really cool. But now, Bryce, I just think Nebraska's program is so down. It hasn't been good really since they left the Big 12. And uh, they don't get the recruits they used to get. They certainly don't get the Texas recruits they used to get because they've really cut off that pipeline. And, uh, you know, and running has kind of gone out of vogue, really, and that was Nebraska's thing. And they don't really have much of an identity anymore. Amazingly, they still sell out the stadium, and that just shows you how loyal those fans are. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously Oklahoma's still going strong. Nebraska is is nowhere close to where they used to be. Now, before you charge me with a little uh... – Chad Conine reaching. Uh, <laughs> just hear me out, okay? Okay. So uh, earlier this year, um, a sequel to Coming to America. You remember Coming to America with Eddie Murphy? Oh, video funny home? movie. Hilarious. Love Coming to America. Yeah. All-time classic. Uh, a sequel to that came out. It was called Coming 
to America. Uh, and, you know, like a lot of sequels, it really, so, I mean, I was, I watched it. Uh, I mean, I was mildly excited to watch it, you know, because I, I love the first one so much and it just didn't live up to the, uh, <laughs> you know, to the original, not even close. I fear that with uh, the, the Top Gun sequel that's coming out later this year, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's, you know, has the potential to, to go down that same route yeah. uh, of just, you know, not capturing the original. Um, and I feel like that's what you're going to get with this Oklahoma, Nebraska game. Uh, the Sooners are on a much different level, as you noted, than the Nebraska is right now. Um, will it be fun to get them on the field and see those, you know, that red OU and that, you know, white helmet with the red in, you know, for Nebraska. Sure. That'll, you know, be kitschy, uh, <laughs> you know, but I don't feel like it's, it's the same as you remember when, uh, you know, about 2008, 2009, the Lakers and Celtics uh, met in the finals. That was legit. That was, you yeah, know, yeah. that was a little bit of a return to, you know, the old days. I don't feel like this is going to be that. Nah. So uh, we can't have Kansas week anymore. Uh, We probably wouldn't have ever had it, but uh, without thinking of our good friend, uh, Kristen Hoppe. So Kristen, of course, was a cops reporter, crime reporter here at the Trib and a a good friend of all of us, you know, everyone in the newsroom. Um, She was an amazing person in a lot of ways uh, loved her family, loved her friends or dogs for sure. Uh, but had a deep, deep passion for all things, Kansas Jayhawks, most notably that, uh, aforementioned basketball program. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, kind of to close us out here, what are just some of your favorite memories of, uh, Kristen and her cheering on the, on KU or, or maybe even a couple of our other favorite teams, which would be the Royals and the Chiefs. Well, I remember uh, it wasn't too long after she first got to the trip. I was talking to one of you guys, uh, just chatting, and I just kind of brought up, uh, man, you know, it'd be great for the Big Twelve, if, Big Twelve basketball, if somebody other than Kansas won it for once. <laughs> anyway, she was sitting behind me, and she just like spun her chair around really fast, and she goes. <laughs> That's all we've got. (laughs) (laughs) Then, then of course, you know, there was her her house was a shrine to Kansas, had the flag outside, had a dog named Wilt, another dog named Buki, uh, named after Kansas players. Um, Yeah, it was all Kansas. Her wedding uh, with Kirk, Kansas colors, of course. Uh, she, yeah, she can support you. that blue lipstick like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> and she was proud of it. I oh, mean, yes, for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, nobody quite like her. Uh, uh, not too many fans at that level, really, of uh, uh, anywhere I've seen in any kind of sport. Oh, yeah, you know, and uh, maybe I didn't mention it, but Kristen did uh pass away last year, about a year ago, and that was a, a really tough blow for all of us who yeah. who knew her. 
but yeah, I think I may have wrote it. Uh, and you certainly, uh, when you wrote about Kristen, you know, hinted on it as well. But I think I said at one point, I don't know that I've met anyone who was a bigger fan of anything <laughs> than Kristen was of KU. I mean, that's how deep that devotion and passion went. It was always fun when Kansas would come really to Baylor, to Waco in any sport, but certainly football and, and basketball, she would, uh, she and Kirk would, would come out to the game and she would be all decked out. And uh, for basketball, a lot of times she would grab um, coach self and some of the players uh, take selfies. How about that? Oh, good one, Bryce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then of course, you know, she did love her chiefs and her Royals, you know, uh, one of my vo- most vivid memories is just, you know, the 2020 Super Bowl Chiefs getting there. And um, and so we had a Super Bowl party over at our uh, good friend Rod Adelot's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of people were there. Kristen was there. I had my son, uh, Cooper, there, teenage son. And uh, we know Kristen was uh, fond of some colorful adjectives on occasion. <laughs> Hide, hide the women and children. Yeah, and uh, to her credit, she tried to censor herself uh, for about a half. Somewhat and, successfully. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, as the game progressed and as it got into the second half and the fourth quarter, uh, basically it was like Goodfellas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Chad and you guys were trying to sit there and go, Kristen, you know, watch it. And uh, she was like, what, what? And, and uh, Cooper at one point leans over to me and says, dad, I'm on the midway football team. I've heard these words before. <laughs> <You know? Right. laughs> so, yeah, you know, there were no earmuffs. I mean, we, she tried, but uh, God bless her. We love her. We miss her. And uh, like I said, I don't think we'll ever have a Kansas game week where we don't think about Kristen. Oh, yeah. But, you know, to balance out, you know, the the, the occasional expletive or whatever, uh, you know, she made these really nice cookies. Like she made like Kansas City Chiefs cookies, you know, like with, you know, players names on them. She do the same thing for, for the Jayhawks. So, you know, is the sweet side, too. Absolutely. Kristen <laughs> had a heart of gold uh, yeah. and really, you know. One of the things that I think you talked about in your column about her last year was just the way she really uh, was kind of the glue of the newsroom. She she really um, connected, I think, with everyone in there and was great about just at the at a whim saying, "All right, we're having a party, you know? <laughs> Rod. It's at your house, <laughs> or my house, <laughs> or John. It's at your house. Yeah, absolutely." And so. She was great at that, and, and certainly uh, we'll, she'll be on our minds uh, this weekend for sure. Oh, yeah, always, yeah. Yep. Cool. All right, well, enjoy your trip to Lawrence, and we'll talk again next week. Okay, Bryce. Thank you. Yep.